Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Entity TBR podcast. I am your host, Nicole, and I am really excited to talk about today's topic because it's one of my favorite tropes and themes that I see in romance. So on this podcast today, I would like to talk about um, books and love stories that feature or include the after I do type story. And this is like a story where early on or at least halfway through the book, the, the couple is married and seeing them work through some of those issues. And here's why I want to talk about this issue um, today. I really feel and I feel like romance often gets a bad name because it's looked on as not being serious or like just searching after what's shiny and new. And I feel like it's books and stories that have or include that journey of a couple going through something and coming through it, I feel like those are so much more powerful even than um, some of the other ones because it it gives praise to fidelity and commitment and forgiveness and all those really great themes. And for me, in a world where we see fidelity where we, or where we don't see fidelity, faithfulness, commitment, really being praised in our media outlets, I love seeing these stories come through because I feel it's such a powerful emotion. It's a powerful story. And I really like seeing these come through in the romance or love story genre because, well, I mean, that's the genre that I usually read. So, but, um, I get so frustrated very often when I see in like TV and movies so often like it's the old being tossed out in favor of the sparkly new relationship. And I mean, for some, in some cases that's true, but what really bothers me is when couples have made a commitment to each other, like marriage and it has it is not given the attention or emphasis that it needs in the story that in order for the story to progress the couple have to divorce or cheat and i just see that so often in a lot of like mainstream movies and tv or when a couple finally does get together and is married you like there's like no progression in their story as characters. There's no growth in their relationship. It's very rare that you see that anymore. Um, like, for example, in CSI, CSI New York, they had, oh man, it's been a long time, but it was kind of the two side characters got married. And I mean, it was just, I really wish that they would sh- have shown a little bit more of as a couple, but it's not shown. And it kind of gives the emphasis that marriage is boring. And once that married life has begun, you know, that's the end. And I just love books that talk about the issues that they go through and seeing them continue to support for each other and fight for each other. 
So I would like to talk about, well, Tamara Alexander has written a few that follow this kind of trope. Um, one is that I've mentioned before, Rekindled, which is kind of, it. it is an after I do story, but it almost has a little bit of a twist and a second chance type element. But I really loved that story too, about those two people work coming through their problems and their issues and coming back to each other. So that one is, but they didn't, the one that I want to talk about in this type episode is actually one that um, some people don't really like by hers. I thought it was really well done. And I'm talking about to win her favor is the title of it. It's the second book in the Bellmead series, and it follows um, characters surrounding an actual plantation in Tennessee. And this one I thought, so her books usually are very, very clean, very um, mild. There's not um, a lot of heavy romance in some of her books. Um, this one is definitely because of the subject. There is a bit more, um, it does lend a little bit more towards the steamy physical side because you are dealing with a story of people who are married and some of the issues that they're going through. Um, it's a story about um, Colin, who is a trans. Um, he's a transplant from an immigrant from Ireland, and he's coming from a very poor area into the restoration era of the South after the Civil War. So it's quite in a, it's a very precarious situation. The heroine Maggie is in an area where her father's health is kind of going away. And he, it's kind of a marriage of convenience, kind of an arranged marriage trope as well. So they are married earlier in the book. and you see their story progression and the challenges that they have to face through in the aftermath of the civil war and what's going on um, just in society around them. And I love this book. I think that it was a very well done book because here's one of my things that I, I see in a lot of romances. I see, okay, well, the couple works through something, then they get married, then it's all just happily ever after. You know, everything's fine once that commitment's made. And I feel like that's kind of one of the, um, almost a, not a negative, but almost a, a kind of one of the reasons that people don't think that romance has a lot of meat to it is because that isn't always the case, and it is the case in this book. The couple has a lot to work through. And also, even once they have committed and are physical together, once that part of the relationship has begun, that doesn't necessarily mean everything's hunky-dory. And what I really appreciate that Tamara Alexandra did with this is she saw, she, she, you, she included some of that part, not not graphically or explicitly, but you, you know what's going on in the relationship, but you see that that doesn't fix things always for them, that there are underlying issues that they have to work through or that come up that 
create friction in their relationship and, and how, and how they have to continue to work through that, that the physical doesn't, isn't fixing everything, if that makes sense. And I feel like this book really did that because I feel like sometimes romance does it, that they use, um, the physical side of the relationship as the climax and then everything else isn't as interesting. And I feel like I like to see the couple grow through, continue to support each other, to continue to, to grow in their faith and to grow as they need to as a person before, during, and after. So that's one thing that I feel like to win her favor, um, showcased really well. Again, I've seen some like really negative comments. Some it isn't for everybody because it is probably the steamiest book that I have read from her. So if that makes you uncomfortable, that kind of content is in there and alluded to. But I really enjoy seeing how she tackled the obstacles that she did. So the next one that I want to talk about is London Restoration by Rachel McMillan. This one was really interesting. This was actually the first um, audio book that I was ever, um, that I ever received to review. And I was just really interested. I was actually really glad to have this as an audio book. Um, it was really well narrated and I love, it was definitely that kind of slow building slow burn type story that just and the descriptions were something that the audio presentation really had me imagining the setting and I was really it was just a really amazing part of history that I don't know much about and that's kind of the restoration period after World War II and I it had me searching and googling on Pinterest what these it's a, talking about a lot of like the churches that were bombed out and the structures that were bombed out during the Blitz in London. And, oh, it was just like the, it, it gave you those pictures in the mind of the setting and it really set up the setting very well and had me very curious about, you know, how these build, how these historic buildings have been rebuilt and what it would be like coming back to these places after war. And so it follows a story. It kind of does a back and forth where you have some part of the story is at, um, in the quote unquote present time or the time that the story progresses from after World War II. But it also has it right before in the early stages of World War II where the couple, um, Diana and Brent meet and how they get married, and then very soon into their marriage, they are separated by war for, I'm believing, two years, if I'm right. And it's really an amazing, a very interesting take on how couples, like, came back to being around each other after being separated by war. I mean, it was such a time there, so much about these people had changed. I mean, at the, at the core, they were still the same people, but also they had grown so much and changed so much. It was interesting to see how that was represented as these are almost like new people coming back 
they can't be exactly the same as they were and how do they move forward and so i really appreciated her giving us this kind of story because i mean even now when you hear about marriage counseling after people who have been separated by war even our current war you know i always find that these kind of stories give hope even when things are rough between it that they can work together and come through that and i feel like that's a big part of why i like these kind of stories and i really loved how diana and brent really were even though they were broken in some places especially brent and he had a lot of fear I really love how their commitment for each other was so deep. They really wanted what was best for their spouse. And sometimes we're at a loss exactly how to go about that. They wanted to be together. And how is that going to look even when there's sometimes secrets or trauma on either side? So... I really liked how Rachel McMillan really wove this this really beautiful story into that. And I just loved seeing that progress. There were like um, flashbacks kind of to before and during the war as the story progressed. And I feel like it was interesting how she wove that together. And I'm actually really looking forward to the next book because she has introduced us to some side characters in this first book and I believe it is another after I do story and that's the Mozart code and that comes out 2021 I believe it's pretty early but gonna have to check on that but it's def but I would definitely recommend this book to people who really want something that's very rich in history and setting and enjoy this kind of story so the next one that I want to talk about is another historical, but it's more ancient. And I would like to talk about Pearl in the Sand by Tessa Afshar. Um, this book, I remember when it came, maybe not when it first came out, but I remember like reading reviews and getting kind of scared away from it when I was in, um, when I was younger, like it didn't sound like the happily ever after I kind of liked. So I did get turned off of it for a little bit, but I came back to it after reading um, In the Fields of Grace, which is Ruth and is a, um, a fictional adaptation of the Ruth and Boaz story from the Bible. So I decided to give A Pearl in the Sand a try. And wow, I have just reread the story um, for the second time because I got selected to be on her launch team for her 10th anniversary edition. She had done a little bit of editing and um, gorgeous new cover, beautiful features inside the book and a new author's note. And it's really a very well done edition. And I was really excited to be a part of it because I think it is a very powerful story and you don't get many like new or special editions in Christian fiction I find unless it's being made into a movie then you get a sometimes a movie cover but I shouldn't get sidetracked um but I feel like this story really 
at its core is just a beautiful redemption story. One thing that I find like really most powerful about it is kind of the issue and the weight that Rahab had coming into the marriage because it's amazing, but it's like, yes, uh, a prostitute from Jericho married into the tribe and joined Israel and is in the lineage of Jesus. And it's just really amazing to hear the kind of stories because it's like, man, what would that have been like? Talk about a total culture shift. And I mean, sometimes I, I read, you know, there's some character, Rahab's not mentioned a lot in the Bible. I mean, she has kind of that crucial scene in Jericho where there's, you know, dialogue between her and the spies and kind of that she was saved, but really nothing else. So there is a big kind of, a, Tessa Afshar can take a little bit of creative license into saying, well, how would have her integration looked like into the culture of Israel and the new laws and every like so many things, especially during a time where Israel is moving into the promised land and Oh, I mean, there's just so much intrigue in this period of history that it's really interesting how Tessa Afshar does that. And I feel like Tessa Afshar, with her growing up in the Middle East, she brings a really interesting voice to biblical fiction where she doesn't always, um, she doesn't bring us the Americanized version of um, cultures in that time. Like she has a a different, I don't really know how to describe it, but it just feels so authentic. And I love hearing how she does that. But what I specifically love about the Rahab, and um, it's mentioned in the Bible that she marries a man named Salmon and has children with him, is it's really interesting how Tessa took this story with I mean, the baggage and the betrayal that had come from Rahab's past and really how that then may have affected her relationship coming into a marriage and stuff like that. Like she was basically trafficked from a tender age. And I mean, that's not unrealistic. It happens today and it happened back then. And she was traffic from a young age and that had been such a big part of her identity and her own value and how that may have looked in her um how that may have looked in her later life and i feel like so much of that book really talks about who you are in god how your past sins or things that, that happened against you can be healed you know it that it's always it's it's a part of your story but that the lord can bring healing through that and i've really loved that message i loved seeing how you know salmon didn't do everything right he wasn't just the perfect cardboard character that does everything right and says everything right he has his own struggles to go through and i find my brother and I disagree about that, but I find 
I appreciate more a character who messes up even royally but can come back from that because I mean nobody's perfect but I feel like when we can see even stories of people who aren't perfect or don't do all the things or sometimes do hurt other people but that they can come back and have redemption have healing and grow through that I think that's a very powerful thing and I think that's a very powerful point in storytelling and that is really what I see shine in Pearl in the Sand is that redemption story that you can heal, that you can grow, that you can move past things. And seeing how that play out in this story is just a wonderful thing to watch. So the next book that I want to talk about is The Reliance by Mary Lou Tyndale. This is a book set during the golden age of piracy and in what I call the golden age of Mary Lou Tyndale. I loved the early books in this series and I've, I've mentioned them before. I know, especially the ransom in this podcast, but, um, the Reliance was one that I, I, again, it was like earlier in my reading, and it is an older book. Um, I think it was published early 2000s, but I'm not sure. Um, but it was one that I was like, well, okay, you see Merrick and Clarice, Chalarice. I do not know how to pronounce her name, but the heroine. Um, and you see them married at the end of the redemption. And then you read the synopsis to the Reliance and you're kind of like, well, what is going to go on? And I really feel that this was an interesting um, take. I didn't know if I was going to like it because I was at the time that it was like, I didn't read a lot of books or love stories about um, married couples. And I was really curious as to where this one was going to go. Um, it was definitely an interesting time because what I liked, I think most about it, well, I mean, besides the pirate ships and sword fights and cannon fire and all that kind of stuff that I love about her books is I really liked how she took it. And I mean, Merrick is quite, he doesn't really have super huge challenges to overcome um, character growth wise in the first book. He's pretty much, you know, he's pretty perfect. And he's really the, um, the spiritual guidance that Therese grow and sees and grows. And, and then she comes to salvation in the redemption. So in the reliance, you see kind of each one of their faith being tested in a different way. And I feel like this is they spend a portion of the book separated for some reason that I will not give spoilers, but you see how their faith then isn't dependent on one another, how she grows in her faith and depending on God, relying on God, really as that when she gets to a point that he is all that she has left and Likewise, you see Merrick um, really brought to a point where he is brought low and where his faith is tested is why, and it brings up the question of why is God allowing this? 
and why do I serve him when I am faced with these struggles? And I always find stories like that, I mean, if it's done too much, it can kind of get too much. But I really liked how this story had that adventure feel, but also that message of how we have to rely on God, no matter what our outlook is and how that plays out in this after I do type story. I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I enjoy it because it's a privateer pirate adventure, but also because it had that really good message of, of staying true, no matter what life looks like around you. So that series is one that I will definitely recommend if you are looking for any kind of high seas adventure. So now I would like to talk about, and I realize most of these are historical. I don't, I haven't come across a ton of contemporary that I've done, but I am definitely open to suggestions. But anyway, my next historical um, recommendation in this theme is Pretending to Wed by Melissa Jaggers. Um, this is the second book in her series that uh, she has another one. So it's called Frontier Vows is a series. This is the second book. The first book, Romancing the Bride, is also a type of uh, marriage of convenience um, after I do type series or story. And um, that one was really good too. But I really want to talk about the second book in the series because I feel like the second book really took on some unique aspects of this kind of trope. I mean, there's quite a few marriage of convenience in the historical type um, genre, but I really feel like she took um, some interesting aspects of this trope in the pretending to wed story. And one, one thing that I feel was really unique was how she had characters with like a physical disability or a physical limitation. I mean, we don't see a lot of that represented. It's starting to come in different types of disabilities or, or illnesses and, and stuff like that. But I really liked how she did this one, how she showed um, these two people that get married for a marriage of convenience because they really like needed each other and the different disabilities that they had, it worked how they needed to help each other. And I just feel like the best way that I can put it is just how they fit together like a little puzzle piece things. Each one of their limitations, each one of their struggles in the other person, it was really their weaknesses both worked. Oh, I can't figure out how to describe it, but they just, it really worked teamwork wise. I think that's the best way to say it. And, and also the emotional aspects of why they both had the disabilities that they had and how that worked out in their story was just really neat to see. And I feel like that's another thing that I really like about a really good after I do story is that they work as a team. 
And I love seeing the teamwork aspect of it. Because, I mean, you see marriages that do work out. And and I just love seeing how they work as a team and they complement each other. And I like seeing that reflected in the stories, that it isn't just that money is thrown at a problem or it just magically sets itself right, is that sometimes these people decide to work it out together and stick with it. And I love seeing that determination and that those qualities really celebrated in a story. So I do have a contemporary title that I would like to talk about because it is one of my absolute favorite from this author. And I am talking about Honeysuckle Dreams by Denise Hunter. I love this book, again, because you do not get many of the um, marriage of convenience or after I do in the contemporary setting. So I am always really curious when I do see that. And this is one that definitely it has all of the Denise Hunter things that I love with tropes that aren't often explored in that genre. So this is a story between um, the hero's name is Brady and the heroine's name is Hope. And it's also with um, kind of an instant family type story. And it's where Brady is fighting for, and I mentioned this book before in my um, podcast about single fathers. And it's real. It's all the things that I really like about his character and how he is definitely that character that really chooses to um, fight for the commitments that he has made. So he has chosen to be a single um, dad and raise the child that his ex left with him. And I really loved his, like, he's just a really devoted guy. And I really like that about his character. Um, with Hope, how their, how their kind of relationship begins is almost like a, a friends to more type um, build. She is there helping with him and they decide to get married. So that way he can retain custody of the child that he's caring for. And, and then you see their their story kind of slowly evolve over a time and how they build that. And again, it's another one of those where there are different, um, each, each character has their struggles um, or baggage from previous relationship or their history and how that kind of plays out and affects their future, their, their current relationship and their marital status now and again it's another one of those that it goes beyond how just you know once they commit to being physically in the relationship you know that's not just going to magically change their issues that are underlining or things that they need to work through or grow through and it's really i loved seeing how their commitment shone through that man even when it's hard or even when they maybe didn't think that they can stay in that, you know, are you going to come back? Are you going to fight for it? And I just love seeing that in this type of story. I love seeing people who 
who choose to take, you know, the road that's, that's right once they've made a commitment, because I mean, that's a virtue that just, that we need more of, I feel. And I love how that story played out. Definitely one of my most memorable. I mean, that one and Dancing with Fireflies have to be some of my all-time favorite Denise Hunter books. Just how she has those stories come together. So now I'm heading back to historical again. Surprise, surprise. And I'm going medieval. And you know me in medieval. I'm going to be talking about a Tamara Light book. And the one that I really want, she's done several that have the after I do theme in her story because there's often marriages of convenience or marriages of alliance in her um, stories and some really good ones. But I want to talk about The Redeeming. And that one is the third book in her Age of Faith series. It's the second one that I read because I skipped the second because that's sometimes what I do. Um, but this one was really really one of my favorites in that whole Age of Faith series. And again, it really came down to, if the title didn't give it away, it was a really powerful story of redemption. And I love good redemption stories. And again, this is one that has really that past element, how that has affected how we see ourselves and how we would see ourselves like with this reputation of sin covering our worth. And I really loved seeing how Ganor and Christian really worked through that type thing. And again, it was another one of those things where it's another one of those books that it had so much like action and intrigue and everything that I love about a temerily medieval story but it also had that really strong, powerful message of redemption and forgiveness in a couple's life that is kind of made to, it's a, it's in a marriage of alliance type story. And also with kind of an enemies to lovers angle, which you know me, I have a huge weakness for that. But the way that she brings it together is always so great. And I just love how those two characters, and I really want to reread it soon because I just love how she brings it together that how those characters needed to grow and learn to forgive, to move on, to accept forgiveness and how that can change their life and how keeping a hold of the the bitterness or shame, how that can poison the, a relationship. And this is why I really feel that these are not just fluffy romances. Is I feel like they teach us very valuable lessons about how we view ourselves, how we view others. And I feel like it's stories like these that just I think that they're so encouraging and they're so uplifting and I just, and so entertaining and it's good entertainment that has real value. And it's definitely one reason why I love those books. 
So as I was creating this episode, I was, you know, trying to think back, think back as to the like very first that I could remember um, after I do type story. And I mean, there's been a couple, but usually it's a very small subplot, especially in the thriller genre that I normal that I started reading when I was reading Christian fiction. And, um, but then I thought back to the first one that it was the main, a big part of the plot. And I realized that was a contemporary and I'm talking about Terry Blackstock's Private Justice. It was the first in, I think it's a New Point Harbor series. And it is a a suspense where a couple that is estranged kind of on the verge of divorce and there is a killer on the loose and the wife is believed to be endangered. And I mean, that was just such a memorable story. I really loved the suspense of that story. I really liked how it was a story of reconciliation between the characters in their marriage, how there was like on the verge of unfaithfulness and how, how they were able to decide and and work through the issues that they did and, and renew their commitment through this harrowing um, journey on the run from a killer. And I mean, it was a really interesting book. It definitely completely captured my attention. It was one of the early um, romantic suspense that I ever read that was straight up suspense. And I just remembered that that really made made a really um, big impact on how I viewed those kind of stories. And I feel like it was done really well. But there is absolutely no way that this episode would not be complete without one of my favorite Karen Whitmires ever. And I'm talking about More Than Words Can Say by Karen Whitmire. Um, this book I waited for, for it feels like the longest that I've ever waited for a Karen Whitmire book. Okay, so this series would not be complete without talking about one of my favorite Karen Whitmire books, and that is More Than Words Can Say. This is the second book in her Patchwork Family series. Um, There are only two books in the series and one novella that I have yet to read. But anyway, and I'm talking about the marriage of convenience after I do story of Abigail and Zach. To be completely honest, I didn't even, I was like so distracted in the first book and the series More Than Meets the Eye that I kind of like just felt like yeah, whatever. Let's get on to Zach's book. So, I mean, that's me. Um, one thing that I really felt early on and why I really wanted this story so bad is it had that, um, Zach's story intrigued me from the prologue of that first book in the series. It's kind of like, I wanted to know what made him tick, why he was so closed off to the people around him, even in his made-up family. And I was so excited to finally get those answers. And I feel like that's one of the big contributing things to why I enjoyed this one so much, is I was so eager for the story. And I feel like Karen Whitmire really delivered. Um, One thing that I really liked about this book was 
that real strong teamwork aspect. And you have Abigail, who is a big sister, and she is working to support her her little her little sister and support themselves in an area and they do not have anybody really looking out for them. So she's really had to be quite independent and she has like self image issues and doesn't feel like she measures up to um, the standard of women that are around her. And I feel like that's such a relatable um, feeling that, you know, really everybody goes through because we owe, you know, it's, it's really an age of comparison and, and that's probably, always been true but anyway I really liked how you have Abigail who's very independent and Zach who is very a very independent very closed off person and really I mean those things could really clash but I really loved how Karen just wove that sweet fun story together and how she had those characters really slowly grow and change and realize the value of sacrificing what they like either thought they wanted or what they deemed was the most important thing for their family and for each other. And I really love that kind of message. Not that they had to change to be accepted, but that they chose to make changes. They chose to change their priorities based on their growth and how they have developed as people. And I really like seeing that, that it's not like it was demanded or forced of them, but they choose to, to shift their priorities from the things that they thought were most important to the things that they now realize are more important. And I truly think that that's why I enjoyed this one was that message. I mean, Karen Whitmire, she's always entertaining. She's always got that, that fun, happily ever after Western story. But, but this one I felt was really special. I really feel like she did Zach's story justice. And I loved Abigail as well. So definitely check that one out if you haven't already. Well, that's all that I probably should talk about today. I could go on and on and on. Um, I would love to hear um, some recommendations, especially if you know of some contemporary settings. I'd love to maybe branch out and look at some in that area or genre. Um, if you have any recommendations, I would love to hear about them. Um, you can always drop me a message at Instagram or Facebook at the Nicole and the Unending TBR. I would love to hear your thoughts on this subject. And I look forward to chatting again next week. Thank you. Bye.